after Cody ate my baby. <laughs> Maybe a Cody ate your baby. <laughs> Welcome to the Fish Nerds Podcast. It's the latest on fish, fishing, and eating fish that's always interesting, usually funny, and mostly true. I'm Dave. And I'm Clay. And anything is fair, gamer. It's a good bet that by the end of this episode, you'll have developed a great accent. Yeehaw! <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's one of those episodes. Mm-hmm. We're going to be in trouble. <laughs> it's all over the place. All over yeah. the place. Unfocused. <laughs> no theme. But, man, are we nerdy. <laughs> yes, we are. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, everything going good this spring so far for you? Everything's going good. I haven't caught very many fish, but hey, we're going to uh, Maine in a couple of weeks, and we'll get fish there. Yeah, and we're going to a name brand place. Like, not, like yeah. last night, I was fishing a retention pond at an industrial park, <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, it was actually pretty great. I was catching tons and tons of uh, pumpkin seed, and it was really awesome. And that's fabulous. But it's not a name brand place. It's not some place you know that you're going to see in Field and Stream. No, there's no cabin on your retention pond. <laughs> you should build one. No. <laughs> I saw a condom. Um, <laughs> oh, almost the same thing. I'm moving in. But uh, no herpes on these fish. <laughs> but we're these fish are protected. <laughs> that's a, those are protected species. They have to call them when there's condoms around. That's right. That's right. Yeah. It's it's for those rubber worm fishermen. Exactly. Um, but anyway. The ne- in a couple of weeks, we're going to a place that actually real fishermen go to. Yeah, we're going to the highlands of Maine. I know. Moosehead that, Lake. Yeah. Moosehead. The only one Highlander. You know, uh, yeah. you know, here's a real quick story that's horrible. Okay. Um, have you ever had moosehead beer? No. Okay. So I'm pretty sure there's a thing called moosehead beer. No okay. way. And I had it when I was in college. So that's like uh, mm-hmm. 30 years ago or something. I, I mean, I'm just going to Google it real quick. Moosehead. Uh, at, least, at, least, at least 10 years ago. Yeah, exactly. Yes, there's absolutely Moosehead Brewery. I see it now. It's a green label with a moose on it, of course. It's Canadian's oldest brewery, right? Oh, it's not even on Moosehead Lake. Those liars. <laughs> and um, so we used to drink Moosehead because it was cheap. And I used to be in a rock band that we would play in this place called Locomotives. Mm-hmm. And it was this old dive bar that you'd play till like two o'clock in the morning. Everybody's and all this. doing a brand new dance now. <laughs> Come on, baby. No. Yeah, it was just like that. And Worst song ever, by the way. <laughs> ever. Mm-hmm. And uh, part of the payment was a case of Moosehead beer. That's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. Except for it's Moosehead beer. Right. And then until. Yeah. This was horrible. We're getting paid in fake money. I'm still scarred <laughs> by this. I remember it was late in the night. I was a little buzzy and whatever, and I'm, I pulled a, got a moose head, and I'm drinking it. I'm like, man, this is a funky beer. Like, something <laughs> god-awful is happening with this beer. Oh, no. And it turned out that somebody had thrown up on the case. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, and you... Uh, <laughs> That's horrible. horrible. Dave, no one's going to listen. No no one's listening to our show right now. We have a great show and no one's going to listen because of you and your vomit beer. Oh, God. So, yeah. So when I heard we're fishing Moosehead Lake, I'm like, oh, God, I'm a little little sick. 
Uh, well, hey, listen, it's going to be great. <laughs> and they're, and they've invited us to come out and do a whole show all about fishing moosehead. They're even going to put a biologist and, an, and a um, historian on the boat with us. <laughs> Are we going to make them fight? I don't know. It was so crazy. They said, hey, okay, so what do you want to do? I said, okay, well, I want to go fishing, and I want to talk to a biologist and a, uh, and, and a historian, and it would be great if they were on the boat with us. And they said, okay. And I'm like, wait, I say things and you do it? That's cool. Oh, if you'd known, you'd be like, I want a hairdresser and mm-hmm. a 12-year-old uh, Haitian what? Boy, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where you're going with that, Dave. I'm a little uneasy with this whole thing. I, I would not have done that. <laughs> Hairdresser, maybe. I realized I was way off, way off the rails. I couldn't pull back. You may, wanna, you may want to delete that line. <laughs> I was just trying to think of the, the weirdest possible. I want a school bus full of. Uh, of Elvis impersonators. Oh, that would have worked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Holy smokes. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> anyway, so Moosehead, uh, get ready for the fish nerds. We're on the way in <laughs> just a couple of weeks. So <laughs> it's going to be great. <laughs> Wow. Leading with the doctor. We are leading with the doctor. and to, You know, it's, it's been that kind of day. <laughs> yeah, that's right. When you got to call in the doctor. Yep. Take two and call me in the morning. What's Doc up to these days? Uh, doctor is, is survived a big bunch of scary storms in Kansas. Uh-oh. There was all these well, big hailstones and everything. Kansas is known for that. It is known for that. <laughs> yeah. And so. you know what's painful is I didn't know until embarrassingly late in high school that it was hail storms, not hell storms. <laughs> oh, because you're from Indiana. Yeah, and I, I always thought it was H-E-L-L. Oh, my God. That sounds better. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah. It's raining hellfire out there. <laughs> it's hell. That sounds awesome. Hellstones. Oh, I love it. Hellstones sound hot, though. Yeah, that's true. Well, you know, yeah. it has that burning cold thing going. It does indeed. Hellstones. I love it. Hellstones. I'm all in on that. I'm teaching my. I'm reteaching my kids. <laughs> no, I'm going to raise my kids Indiana. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yep. Come on, you Hoosiers. Hellstones, <laughs> and you don't sit on a sofa. You sit on a Davenport. Uh, what? A Davenport. Now you're talking crazy. <laughs> That's what we called it. But anyway, well, what in tarnations is a hellstone and a Davenport? <laughs> Doc, the doc knows what I'm talking about. She does indeed. She knows what she's talking about, too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. The doctor is in. Dr. Erica Martin is here. Hey. Hey, how are you? (laughs) I'm doing pretty good. I'm a little bit frazzled <laughs> oh well that happens to the best nerds it know, does so. <laughs> what fish you have for us today all right so this fish was a fan recommendation oh nice um and uh one that i'm actually relatively familiar with some of the ones you guys throw at me i have no idea what to do until i start actually reading about them <laughs> right um 
But this one is the bowfin. Oh, we love the bowfin. I know. What's not to love about the bowfin? I know. Amia Calva. You got it. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> um, so so Amia Calva, which is the species name, um, is actually derived from a combination of Greek and Latin. Mm. And roughly translating, it means um, a bald scalp of the head and kind of shark-like. Oh, that's me. What the heck's going on? <laughs> so there you go. That's ah. fun with the Greek and Latin. Yeah, very good. Well, yeah, that actually works well with bowfin. Have you ever caught a bowfin, like on hook and line? I have not caught a bowfin on hook and line. I had one on a hook and line once, and the line broke. Yeah. Yeah, they're vicious. Yeah. It was exciting, <laughs> and then it was really sad. Oh, right, right. <laughs> Yep, so these guys are native um, to North America mm -hmm. in the St. Lawrence River, uh, Lake Champlain, um, drainage, and kind of around the Mississippi. It gets up into uh, Quebec, up into Vermont and Ontario um, and places like that. So it's relatively um, ubiquitous in the Midwest-ish area of the United States. Okay, Midwest-ish. <laughs> Yeah, with a lot of leeway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So basically the Mississippi drainage is what we're talking. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Yep, for a lot of it. And then um, there's a couple other weird places, um, but we, we we can skip over that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. It's probably best. Yep. Um, but yeah, where they are native, they're usually found in swampy, uh, vegetated lakes and or rivers. Mm, okay. So, um, the interesting thing about this one, um, apparently they've done a lot of studies about the perfect habitat for the bowfin, mm -hmm. um, kind of what temperature ranges that they like and things like that. And it turns out that they're, they're pretty picky. Um, they'll become completely inactive, uh, once waters dip below about 50 degrees Fahrenheit mm. and they'll just kind of stop moving and go become very lethargic and lazy. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And then um, on the other end, the hot end, a lethal temperature is um, just over 95 degrees Fahrenheit. Really? That surprises me. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, because normally, I, at least in the spring, you see these things in very shallow water. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think there's probably another fact about the bowfin you're going to get to, which would also suggest they like warm water. So I'm surprised that they, uh -huh. <laughs> they have problems with hot water. Huh. Yeah, well, I, I mean, 95, that's, that's hot water, man. That, that is... Yeah, does, not... that, does that pretty much kill everything? Um, yeah, they're all... Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, just go with it, yes. The, the short answer is yes. <laughs> yeah, okay, all right. So they are tougher than than what that might have appeared. Okay, great. Yep. Yep. Um, and so they're, well, as you mentioned earlier, very voracious. Mm -hmm. um, they are predators. They're opportunists. So they will eat other sport fish, frogs, crayfish, insects, shrimp. Um, it will eat all the things if it's in front of its face. It's, it's not shy. <laughs> very good. Um, which is pretty cool. And... Um, now you can we can ask Hugo about this later, but bowfin used to be considered um, very poor tasting, mm. very soft and bland and poor textured. Mm -hmm. um, but people suggest that if it's properly cleaned and smoked 
fried or blackened, then it's apparently very delicious. Oh, okay. Well, our friend, um, the opera singer oh, da- yes. down from Louisiana said that they call him Shoepick down there. Shoepick. Shoepick. And he's huh. like, yeah, absolutely people eat those. Interesting. Have you ever eaten bofin? I've never eaten one. I, I caught those before I got into the sort of eating all these fish just for kicks. And uh, <laughs> we, we never tried to eat one. But they they seem very muscular. They seem like they would be good. Yeah, I, I, reviews are apparently mixed because it used to be, uh, well, way back, not maybe maybe not so much more recently, but originally that you were not good for eating. Hmm. So some someone changed their mind somewhere. <laughs> they always change their mind. I don't get it. But um, I, I think it has something to do with the Bofin Public Relations Department. You know, the Bofin <laughs> tried to get the word out that, you know, they don't taste very good. Oh, uh, yeah. And they're then, sneaky. I know. And then they fell down on the job somewhere. And now people are like, oh, yeah, hey, they, they're good to it, eat. It's like those uh, the Chick-fil-A cows eat chicken. <laughs> <laughs> it's just oh. like those. Yes, exactly. It's just like- <laughs> Okay, so um, w- one more moderately fun fact before we get to the super cool fun fact that you already know what it is. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> um, so one of the really cool things that Bofin do um, it, with the reproduction is that so they they have the eggs, they're adhesive, uh, they attach them to vegetation or weeds, and then the eggs will hatch, and the larvae will actually stay in the nest kind of um, remaining attached or near uh, the bottom and the vegetation in, until um, the adhesive organ that's in the egg is absorbed. Mm-hmm. And then after that, they keep a tight swarm around the male parent that's with their outside of the nest. And so if you, you can Google this, so you can basically go bowfin larva swarm. Yeah. And you get a picture of, like, usually a big male bowfin, and it looks like he's swimming in a dark cloud, and that's all the little babies. You're kidding me. All right, I've done it. it oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's it looks very bizarre. That is very uh, bizarre. Okay. Yeah, so, and um, they'll do that. The larvae will swarm around the male um, until they can swim um, very freely, so they grow up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So pretty cool. Yeah. Good parents. The young bowfin are really striking colors too. Like the, I guess, mid ones, not the super young ones, but the juveniles. Yeah, the juvenile. There you go. That's the scientific <laughs> term. Uh, very striking. Lots of lines and everything. Very nice. Mm, yeah, they're they're cool. Both bowfins, cool fish. <laughs> yeah. And and now. Are we, are we ready? Are you, are you prepared for this awesome fact? Yes, lay it on me. They are air breathers. Yay! <laughs> Which is super freaking cool. So <laughs> there's there's other fish that can breathe air, and there's several different ways that fish do breathe air. Hmm. Um which we can we can talk about maybe maybe at an, another time because God, it's yeah. it's really neat. But these guys, the what they call it is they estivate. Estimate. Um, and so they can spend a prolonged state in uh, this torpor or dormancy during hot, dry periods. Hmm. And so um, basically what they do is once it gets the, the water goes down or it gets too, too warm or, or too cold or too dry or whatever, um, they go into a, a dormant period, hmm. okay. which is 
pretty cool. Yeah. And they are bimodal breathers. That means that they can breathe oxygen in water and in air, nice. um, <laughs> which is cool. Bimodal, <laughs> two modes, right? Yeah, very good. Um, so... Most fish do have a gas bladder of some kind that maintains buoyancy. In the bowfin, the gas bladder also allows them to breathe atmospheric air by means of a little duct that connects um, the kind of the foregut to the gas bladder. Mm, okay. So they can break the surface of the air uh, and they, they kind of gulp it in uh -huh. and... Um, that allows them to connect that to the gas bladder where it is absorbed. Wow, which is so like a totally primitive lung kind of setup. Kind of setup, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was very nice. The biologist in you, like, you know, bit your tongue and you're like, yeah, Dave, yeah, just like a yeah. lung, yeah. Well, no, there's the lung fish. Oh. And so that's why I'm, I'm cautious because the actual lung fish, which is very, very different, they do have lungs. Oh. Yeah, so that's yeah. why I mean, you, yeah, you can say that that's what the they're they're doing for the bowfin, but if you were to compare those two, it'd be very very different. I see. So, I see. That's picky, just being picky. <laughs> <laughs> well, they are they are wicked cool fish. The oh, um, so they remind me of snakeheads. Oh well, I'm so glad <laughs> that you mentioned that. Yes. So it turns out that you can tell the difference between a bowfin and a snakehead. Okay. Um, they are very similar. Mm -hmm. um, but let's see. So the snakeheads, um, well, they're, first of all, not native to North America. They are native to uh, China, Russia, Korea. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, but the bowfin has the black eye spot. On and this is the fancy word, the caudal peduncle. Caudal peduncle. Caudal peduncle. Caudal peduncle. So, <laughs> the caudal, mm -hmm. the caudal fin is the tail fin, mm -hmm. and so the caudal peduncle is that kind of muscle area where the tail fin attaches to the fish. The peduncle. Peduncle. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun to say. It is. I'm going to start saying that like, oh my god, my peduncle hurts. Oh, you know, I don't know if I can say that, but it'd be fun. <laughs> Caught up an uncle. Caught up an uncle. <laughs> um, they're slightly different colors also. Mm -hmm. um, I think the bowfin tends to be more of a, a tannish olive. Um, the bowfin has a little bit shorter anal fin, um, a more rounded head, mm -hmm. and the upper jaw is longer than the lower jaw. Oh, that is that is a big difference. So Yeah, yeah that's good. Not, not, not real obvious, but obvious enough. Yeah. Now, back in the day, um, when I was taking ichthyology courses, mm -hmm. I was always told that a non-heterocircle -heter caudal peduncle uh -huh. indicated that the fish was probably more primitive than one that was symmetrical. Yay! Yay! Ichthyology for the win! <laughs> so, you might notice that... Other fish that have the heterocircal tail. Mm -hmm. And so heterocircal, hetero just means different. And okay. so what that is describing is that on fish with a heterocircal tail, it's uneven. Mm -hmm. So that usually the top fin is 
the top part of the caudal tail fin is longer than the bottom part. Oh, okay. And sharks are a fantastic example of that. Oh, yeah. And sharks are cartilaginous fishes that are very primitive. Ah, see, there you go. It all works. It all makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Excellent. Well, uh, that was Peter Moyle that taught me that 25 years ago. That was recently featured in a podcast. Do you happen to listen to that one? I have not listened to it yet, but I am super jazzed to listen to it because I have read probably everything that Peter Moyle has published. (laughs) Um, I cite a lot of his research in the research that I did in my dissertation. Yeah, there you go. Um, And I read, I think the very first book I bought on my Kindle was... um, his fish, one of his fish books. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. He's, he's a big fan, like fish fanboy idol. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> yeah, very nice. Well, the bowfin, well, that is awesome. Thanks so much. I know the, the listener um, certainly appreciates you following up on the bowfin. And, yeah. Yeah, and then the next time they show up in Lake Champlain, one of these days we wanted to get, they call them mudfish over there. Mudfish. Um, mudfish. And uh, one of these days we were going to go over and eat one. So we'll do that and report back. Oh, all right, then we'll, we'll know for sure if it's delicious or not. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, Doc, thanks a lot. Oh, thank you. fish in the news <laughs> i really do dave that's good i'm glad yeah that, love that it. makes me happy why don't you marry it <laughs> we're gonna start off this segment instead i cheat on my wife with it <laughs> I, I just fantasize. it's a love whose name i dare not speak <laughs> <laughs> i just fantasize about it and uh oh, feel yeah. guilty about it later yeah i just look at the internet when no one's around <laughs> Let me have some alone time with my fish in the news. <laughs> um, we're going to start this segment of fish in the news. More, it should. This little part should be called fish nerds in the news. Absolutely. Uh, we did it again, Dave. We did. We did. We we hit the big time in the Portsmouth publication, The Sound. The Sound. Now, traditionally, when we're in Portsmouth papers, they go out of business. <laughs> It's true. It's true. That's our tradition. Yes. Yes. And a lot of these folks are in the last paper that we uh, sunk. So, (laughs) hooray! (laughs) Hooray for them. (laughs) Um, But so we were uh, featured in Invasion of the Podcasters. You said that wrong. Sorry. Invasion of the Podcasters. Oh, shit. I can't even say it. (laughs) Try, you try again. Invasion of the Podcasters. Much better. Thank you. Much better. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, and you know they they were interviewing several rounds, but anyway, we uh, you, they actually talked to you. I, they never did get a hold of me. But no, I think I gave them too much. <laughs> <laughs> you 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 do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> it, uh, it it starts off with a quote from me. In the the first few shows were all although funny, were painful to listen to. <laughs> so <laughs> that's welcome to the fish nerds. <laughs> 
painful to listen to for since 2014. Yeah, thanks a lot, Larry. <laughs> Larry's the author. Larry, Larry Clow. <laughs> well, anyway, so that's not enough said on that. We'll we'll get yeah. back to regular fish in the news. Um, this first story that I'm going to uh, talk about here, and by the way, we're now putting fish on the news on our website as a as a live blog. So if you if you just can't wait to hear our take on fish in the news, go to our website, bookmark that thing. Keep checking it every couple of days because we're going to post all the stories we talk about there on Fish on the News. Um, so this story comes to us from Inside Edition, and it's fishermen use dead friend's ashes to catch 180-pound carp. What? Yes. <laughs> I got to spend more time on our website. Yeah. <laughs> so, I missed this one. <laughs> so the story goes, these two friends, uh, actually there used to be three friends, that would go to Thailand to catch giant Siamese carp. Wow. Now, Siamese carp are not two-headed carp. <laughs> they are not two-headed carp. No. no. Okay. Is that, is that racist? I, I, yeah, I, I bet it, it, it's something. It's something bad. It's, oh, I'm so, let me apologize to all the conjoined uh, twins who listen to the podcast. Yeah. The, um. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to take one. I'm going to take this. Sorry, Stephen Larry. <laughs> I'm going to take this one step further. Uh huh. <laughs> I wonder why they're called Siamese twins. Uh yeah. I, I boy, I bet you I could find out if my computer was working. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> but you know, Siam is an old term for some country, I think. Right. Um. But why, you know, I mean, conjoined twins happen all over the world. I, I think it has nothing to do with with uh, sort of race. I think it could happen in any in any genetic pool. But it it can. And but I'd be curious. It's probably named. Maybe it happened in cats first. <laughs> you think it's named after the cat? Well, Siamese cats are a thing. Yeah, but I, that is something that could have been bred and came from Siam. All right, so the term Siamese twins originates with Chang and Ang Bunker, the conjoined quince from Siam. In the context of the English language, this word is first used and popularized by H.W. Fowler, a renowned lexicographer. So there it is. Oh, there you go. A lexicographer. You can never trust those lexicographers. And they're all a bunch of racists. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, it just proves that Fish in the News uh, is a highly educational segment. There you go. Um, but so the, these three guys would go to Thailand all the time, and then one of them died, died of cancer. Um, and then to honor their dead friend, they mixed his ashes into the dough balls. Huh. And they created a bait. They called it Purple Ronnie. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I think I like these guys. <laughs> So, uh, so, so the purple Ronnie, and it caught a hundred eighty pound Siamese carp. That's crazy cool. Yeah, what a great, what a, it's a nice tribute to their friend, and it went viral. Yeah. So not only did their friend get world famous uh, a couple months too late, apparently, but uh, <laughs> he had a viral hit too. So th that's pretty great. Yeah, that's good. So, um, is it legal? I, <laughs> I. Now, I, as someone who's freshly graduated at grad school, I'm always now going to be asking that question. Is that legal bait? <laughs> so, oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah so I, I'm not sure. So um, so anyway, so I thought that was that was kind of interesting. Now, uh, wow. So, so we know each other pretty well, right? 
Sure, we've, sure. We've, uh, we've known each other for at least 10 years, maybe 15. I think we're pushing 20. I think we're pushing 20. So sad, yeah. Um, so uh, let's, let's take a stab at guessing what the other, what bait we could make out of each other. Okay, so like what body part or what kind of bait would you make or both? Oh, uh, no, what, what, not body part. I don't want to go there. Um, but, <laughs> I was already imagining. I'm like, I can't wait. No, when, you, no, when you're a goner, man, no, no. eyeballs first. <laughs> I'm talking about, you know, taking our ashes and creating something. So, Oh, out of ashes. Yeah, out of ashes. Mm-hmm. So I, I, would, I would create the, um, the Paisley Gulp. <laughs> and that would be taking your ashes and mixing it with gelatin to make a uh, a rubber worm mm-hmm. that's all cool, funky, paisley, funky colors. And I, I bet it would be a knockout smallmouth bass. Or no, rock bass, because you were always known for catching your rock bass. Uh, you know I love rock bass. I know you so do. I think that's, that's a great tribute, Dave. There you go. I, I would have, that would I'd be very appreciative of. <laughs> um, so I was reading about a... Uh, a technique of pressing people's ashes into diamonds. It's a real thing. Oh, okay. If you got the money, you can, you could, it's carbon. Uh, and so I would press you into a series of diamonds and I would mount those into a uh, ice fishing jig. Oh. Uh, yeah. And I would use you to, uh, to, to jig up some white perch. Nice. And of course yeah. you would have to call it I, the Diamond Dave. Exactly what I was about to say that. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. And I stole every, your line. Every time I dropped it, I'd be going, yeah, and I'd drop it down the hole. So, yeah. <laughs> so you, you guessed my punchline before I said that. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, nah, that's so awesome. Good. That means we're, uh, we're compatico. Yeah. <laughs> Sympathetic. I don't know. Whatever it is. Yeah. Yay, multicultural. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. Oh, that's cool. Um, that's good. That's a little bit better than thinking about what body parts would be good bait. Oh, that is so much better. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't even want to attempt that. Okay, good. Um, so, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a nice tribute, actually. I really like that idea. Um, do you care what happens to your body after you die? You know, I don't at all. <laughs> Me either. At all. Yeah. I my, When uh, people are telling me, when I die, do this, that, and this to me. And I say, okay. And I'm, you know, if I'm in charge of the people when they die, I'll do whatever I want because they won't know. That's right. That's right. I'll, I'll agree to anything. That's right. But they'll never know. So, yeah. <laughs> the, um, the, the thing that I like is, um, you know, I, I want to start a business for the rapture. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah, so, people have done this. <laughs> so you're, you're familiar with the rapture. Oh, yeah. 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 So that's mm-hmm. when, you know. Didn't it already happen? <laughs> I think it's going to happen in November. Oh, good. it's spelled good. Trump. Uh, <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, when uh, I, I want to start a pet sitting service for the rapture. Uh, excellent idea. Yeah, because people that believe in the rapture don't believe animals go to heaven. Pets don't go to heaven. Right. So tell you what, for 50 bucks, I'll watch your cat. Yeah, perfect. Pay me now, though. Yes. Yeah, while you're still on earth. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I love it. Yeah. I love it. There's been other rapture-based businesses oh. I've heard about. So <laughs> rapture-based businesses, yeah. Yeah. Well, why not? You know, well, <laughs> those of us who are staying behind need something to do. <laughs> so exactly. Well, I'm going to be a cleaner. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go through all your pockets and stuff. I imagine when you get pulled to heaven, you leave clothes just kind of fall in a pile. So yeah, I'm going to be the guy who kind of sorts all that stuff. Yeah, puts it on see, a hanger. See what's, yeah. see what's in your pockets. Yeah. 
<laughs> you know. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, the next story of Fish in the News <clears throat> takes us to the BBC. Ooh. Yes. And the title reads, Carpageddon. Australia plans to kill carp with herpes. Now, didn't we do this story with Luke months ago? Luke was on this way ahead of the rest of the world. Man, are we hip or what? Exactly. And that happens a lot, that Fish in the News is way ahead of the game. Wow. So what are they saying now? Uh, well, they are adding Carpageddon, which I think is a pretty cool name. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, are, they have uh, Barnaby Joyce, the deputy prime minister, um, said that this using herpes is, quote, the only way to get rid of these bottom-dwelling, mud-sucking fish. Mm-hmm. That are uh, that are causing problems in um, in Australia, especially the Murray River, which Luke is a it's near and dear to to Luke's heart. Yeah, he loves it. Now, here's the question: uh-huh. Do they get to earn their herpes? Like, do they give it to like one fish and go, "Okay, I'm going to give you some. I'm going to give you something." <laughs> and your job, spread it. I don't, like, you know, because I'm thinking I want to be that fish. <laughs> <laughs> I think they got to find the sexiest fish in the in the river uh-huh. and give it herpes <laughs> and then just let it do its thing. So they have one little little carp, and they put extra makeup on her. <laughs> they do her eyes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Polish her scales a little bit and send her out in the world. Yeah. But also yeah. make her really fun. Oh, she's a party. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Give her some tequila. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, a little MDMA. <laughs> and then it, then it takes off from there. Yeah. That's <laughs> perfect. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> so does the herpes kill? It must kill them. Uh, or is it sterilizing? Yeah, it affects their skin and kidneys. Uh-huh. And it uh, is expected to kill, God, it was in here somewhere. Oh, it's expected to kill 95% of the carp. Do you know what's going to happen? What's going to happen? I, I'm not, this is not even being facetious. This is being biological. Uh-huh. So it's going to kill 95% of the carp. Yeah. So the next generation of carp, this is just evolution. That's right. 5% of the carp are going to be born immune or resistant to herpes. Right. And they're going to reproduce the same as the other carp did. So you'll see a drop in the population and then an explosion again. Yeah. It's, it's a dead end. Yeah. It's expensive. It goes nowhere. That's my prediction. You heard it here first. Okay. It's not going to work. There you go. And I am uh, no expert, but I know stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's that, yeah. yeah, it's the 5% left, left over. They, they need to come up with a plan to get those last 5%. Right. I'm thinking maybe uh, cooties. <laughs> <laughs> they just make them all like shame each other. You got cooties. I'm not doing it with her. Oh, I'm getting out of the water, man. I'm, I'm so out. I don't want the cooties. <laughs> <laughs> Herpes, I can deal with. Just a rash, big deal. But cooties, I'm out. <laughs> Australian cooties. Cooties. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Get the didgeridoos out, brother. <laughs> Just got cooties. Tie me cooties down. <laughs> Blimey. <laughs> Put another cootie on the bar. <laughs> 
that Cody ate my baby. <laughs> Maybe a Cody ate your baby. I love it. <laughs> Uh, we apologize in advance to all the uh, Australian listeners. All you know, Luke. Sorry. <laughs> sorry about that. Wish you, Luke. wish you could have been with us tonight. We should have had him on. We should have, and we'll we'll get him yeah. on so he can uh, sh- you know shame us for uh, defend his country, defend his herpy infested country, <laughs> his herpy infested fish. Now that disease won't spread to other fish. It's it's a cyprinid herpes virus. So just minnows. And are there, are, there must be no other minnows? That's what I'm guessing. I mean, you're hoping that they mm. have some biologists on the job down there. Right. But Australia does not have a good track record with bringing in new things to solve old things. Hello, cane toads. Cane toads, rabbits, you know, coyotes. There's all kinds of other animals they keep bringing in. It doesn't work. Right. Well, and in fact, so. sorry, Luke, but Europeans didn't really go go off very well there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, they're introduced species, as, uh, yeah, as in in North America, as in yeah, sure, <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah. That's the kind of you want to play that game, Dave. Yeah, well, and we know yeah. how well herpes control that. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. It just causes <laughs> yep. the penicillin industry to take off. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, wait. That's that's uh, that's something else. Gonorrhea. Yeah, I think. Penis- yeah, penicillin doesn't do anything for the herpes. Right. But herpes is a virus. Penicillin kills bacteria. There you go. Very good. So, Boy, you know your STDs. Oh, <laughs> yep, yep. I was 22 once. <laughs> it was that info card you had in your wallet. That's right. I had a little bit of, oh, hang on a second. Itching and burning. <laughs> Call your roommate over. Hey, Jared, does this look red to you and inflamed? No? <laughs> All right, thanks. <laughs> We're good to go. Good to go. <laughs> All right, I get, I'm uncomfortable now. <laughs> oh, maybe we should stop right there. I'm all done. Yep, that's yeah. very good. Is there more news? Please tell me there's more news. There is more news. Do you want to do another one? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> want- I need to cleanse my palate. <laughs> all right. This one appears on our site with the title, Throw Your Mullet in the Air Like You Just Don't Care. Are we talking about haircuts? <laughs> we are not talking about haircuts. Did you ever have a mullet? Uh, I had, I had, uh, no. Oh, I did. I'm guilty. You did have a mullet? I did, but I didn't know it had a name. If it had a name, I wouldn't have done it. Well, you were... If someone said mullet, I'd been like, no, I'm not doing that. And let me guess. This is when you were in New Jersey? Just when I was leaving New Jersey. Yeah. 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 Duh. Yep. (laughs) Look, I was 20. (laughs) Now, this is back before I didn't realize I'd be bald on top of my head someday. I would have just had crazy long hair until I I couldn't stand anymore. Right. (laughs) <laughs> I, and I used to have crazy long hair, mm-hmm. and uh, but then yeah, I, I got rid of it, and then it got rid of me. So yeah, it's game over now, <laughs> <laughs> right? But uh, but yeah, the mullet. You know what is it? Business in the front, party in the back. That's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, but this story comes to us from Florabama Lounge and Oyster Bar. <laughs> and uh, I like it already. Uh, Florabama? Florabama. That's what it's... Where, where, where is it? It's on the Florida-Alabama state line. 
I didn't know Florida touched Alabama. <laughs> it does. It's, hmm. it's true. It does. And uh, this bar and oyster, <laughs> this oyster bar and lounge mm-hmm. uh, has been doing this, I think, for something like 30 years or some crazy. And we amount. just now noticed. I know. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. Um, and what they do is for 15 bucks, you can stand in Florida and throw a mullet into Alabama. Wow. In New Hampshire, you'll go to jail for that. <laughs> you can't transport fish. You're right. Over state lines. You're right. Yeah. 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 Wow. And um, so, and the money goes to charity. Uh-huh. And these are... What, do, uh, well, here's the question. Is it a Florida-based charity or an <laughs> Alabama-based charity? You think it ought to be Alabama. They need it more. Yeah. Although I've been to Florida. Well, there you go. It might be a wash. It might be a wash. <laughs> um, our, our favorite parts of this story is each year the event raises over $20,000. Really? That's a lot of dead fish being chucked into Alabama. Wow. <laughs> just throwing them all just going one way. <laughs> right. Well, and it. You guys hungry? <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> the one story is, or the story is quoted as saying the fish are reused until they can't be. Oh. <laughs> How long you throw the fish? Uh, until you can't throw it no more. That's right. What does that mean? <laughs> that means some bad stuff at the end of that line. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. The lucky winners, quote from the uh, from the bar, get a trophy, a gift certificate, and any other crap we find laying around. <laughs> I want to go to this event. <laughs> I, know. I know. I do too. More than thirty-five thousand people from all over the country are believed to have participated in this three-day fish fling. And they only raised twenty thousand dollars. Uh, yeah, that blows. <laughs> yeah, if they can't pony up one dollar to be there, screw that. Like, what the hell is that? If you have thirty-five thousand people at an event. And you only waste twenty thousand dollars. You're wasting your time. I am so disappointed. Florida and Alabama are bad at math. I'm calling them out right now. You know why we need Common Core? There it is. There's the answer. Holy smokes! Yeah. I, I went. I, I went. I ran an event the other night for charity. I raised almost eight thousand dollars, and we had only you know fifty people there. Yeah. That's good math. That is good math. That that's the way yeah. you ought to do it. And probably no dead fish being thrown around. No, but next time. <laughs> wow. I'm so bummed out about that number. Like that really kind of like took the fun out of it for me. I'm like, that's just so dumb. Well, all right. I'm gonna try to bring the fun back because I wrote a couple jokes. Okay, let's hear <laughs> right. better be good. So I was trying to think about what other states could take advantage of this. Right. All right. So I think Manhattanites in New York mm-hmm. could catapult crappy into New Jersey. Ooh. Because they always crap on New Jersey anyway. They they sure do. And everyone does. That's kind of the fun of right. it. But um mm-hmm. yeah, see. Crappy. <laughs> I got yeah. it. Yeah. Uh next Ooh. one. Residents of Kansas could chuck big mouth buffalo at corn huskers in Nebraska. That'll show them. And it's in honor of the bison. You know, buffalo. I get it. (laughs) And the last one, volunteers from Tennessee could throw rainbow darters at Mississippi just to tick off all the gay haters. Oh, I love it. (laughs) Suck on this. (laughs) That's the best one. It would be suck on this, y'all. 
Y'all. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, so there you That's go. Good. So we, we can sponsor a whole interstate fish chucking concept across the country. I know, except for New Hampshire where you can't transport fish. So that would just wreck it all. <laughs> and now you could have uh, Mexico throwing fish at a wall. <laughs> <laughs> clunk, 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 clunk. I can't raise any money. <laughs> no mangoes time. <laughs> oy, oy, oy. And the Texans going, yeah, throw another one. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, the the possibilities are endless. Oh, this is fun. All right, so uh, any chance you get, throw some fish across your border for charity. <laughs> And make a buck, and and you know, you know, it's only if, if you do it right, you only charge a nickel a person. <laughs> so I have to do some math on this. I'm really bothered by those numbers. <laughs> wow! All right. So that's it. Yeah. That's fishing. That's the news. good. I like good news. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very good news this time. Yeah, unless your charity getting ripped off by that event. But, oh, boy, yeah. you're bugged. That well, someone who does fundraising, I'm like, that's what a poor use of people. <laughs> poor use of mullet. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, those mullets should be worth a buck a piece. Would, we don't, how many mullet died? Do we know this number? No, no. Probably less than you think because they use them until you can't use them no more. Right. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> how many mullets you kill this year? I don't know, 10. <laughs> I don't know. At least 10. Can't use Can't them. count higher than that because look at our numbers. <laughs> you can't even raise money from anyone. <laughs> Florabama. God darn, can't even name our town. <laughs> All right, very good. Uh, we just lost all of our Floribama <laughs> listeners. <laughs> we're going to get so many letters. Wait a minute. No, we're not. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Drop the hammer <laughs> on Floribama. <laughs> What's he mean when I'm going to write letters? Oh, Ma. <laughs> oh, oh the, fall, the, the previous jokes were issued by Clay Groves. And Dave Kellum claims is not responsible for those last jokes. Ah, oh, you're welcome, Floribama. <laughs> Floribama. Mm. Mm. All right, there you go. Fish yep. in the news. I know who I know who they're voting for. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> okay. Oh, I got cornered the other day, Dave. You got cornered. How did you get cornered? By my, my mother-in-law Sue, no. who listens to this show, she's very conservative. Wait, and she you, wanted you to call her something like Booby or something. Mumsy, Mumsy, yeah, Mumsy, cornered me the other night and says, "Hey, by the way, I listen to your show, very funny." Uh oh. Oh, except for, she doesn't like the F and West guys. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, she says, "I just want to be honest with you." I said, "Okay, I can take right. it." And uh, just want to let you know that conservatives listen to your show too. Uh-oh. And and by the way, we know this. We welcome everybody. Of course. But uh, we made a joke about um, the Clean Water Act being a good thing. Well, <laughs> so no, wait a minute. We give that's offensive to conservatives. Apparently, <laughs> we give conservatives so. plenty of reason to not like us. Oh yeah, for sure. Not just that one, right? But and, of all those yeah. things, I, yeah, I I wouldn't have bet that one was the one. Well, EPA, you know, I guess. So yeah, but hey, we like a lot of our friends are conservatives, and we like them. But we're gonna make fun. Right. So, but uh, yeah. wow. So mum- Mumsy, uh, Mumsy cornered you. She did. But you know what? Uh, it's okay. I like her too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad she's listening. Hi, Sue. Hi, Sue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's next? <laughs> I think next is probably uh, therapy, couples therapy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
You know, you hear a lot about every day on the radio the things, bad things, but, mm. you know, this is a good thing. People have got big hearts. They, they you know, they, they'll say, hey, come on up and, uh, and fish with us. That's Neil Townsend. He has a big heart, too. Uh, he was a member of the Air Force. In 1960 to 64, because that's when Vietnam was first started. Well, thank you for your service. Well, thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. And Neil was at the Kittery Trading Post for Fishing Fest. And he and Doc, you'll hear from Doc here in a little bit, were staffing a booth for a very interesting nonprofit organization. Uh, it, we're called Back in the Mainstream. Yeah. And it's veterans helping veterans. It, um, trying to get in disabilities, people that have disabilities from the service. And um, as a group, we uh, go on a lot of fishing trips. Um, and this is one of the things we do a uh, couple of years, trying to get donations for, um, you know, to help us out with the funds. And um, 100% of everything that we collect donations go back to to the group. Nobody gets paid. Nobody. A lot of people uh, invite us to uh, their lodges. And what they do is uh, put us up. You know, they have camps and yeah. they let us stay in the camps and yeah. furnish a lot of them, furnish us boats. Neil goes into the criteria for being in the group. You have to be a 10% disabled in order to, to get into the, the club. But, um, you know, it's a lot of people that are injured in the service. You know, they're sitting around, and uh, we want to get them out, go back into fishing. They're not alone, you know? No, they're not alone. There are some benefits to being in the group, though, because they have these great secret spots that they get to go to. We go up to a place called King and Bartlett that up in Maine here in mm -hmm. Eustis. That gentleman is fantastic. There's a lake on the property that the only way you can get in there is, is by invitation. Uh, and uh, we had a, a great, great time up there. Next to Neil was Doc. Doc was great. Doc was in the military. Army. Army? What, yeah. About what time? Uh, I was in from uh, 69 to 72, okay. Vietnam. <laughs> Um, well, thanks for your service. Hey, thanks Very for good. your support. <laughs> and thanks for doing this thing. This seems like a great thing. It is. It is. Uh, I retired about 12 years ago, uh, and uh, instead of twiddling my thumbs, I figured that, that I'd get involved with these things. And uh, uh, back in the mainstream started three years ago and has gone great guns as far as uh, uh, growing and uh, being able to Last year we took uh, over 120 vets out on the water wow, through the course great. of the year. And, uh, you know, it's sort of like Scarlett O'Hara, we rely on the kindness of strangers. <laughs> and uh... <laughs> If you want to be one of those strangers that is kind to back in the mainstream, check out their Facebook page. It's on Facebook. It's B-I-T-M-S, stands for Back in the Mainstream. And then also you could check out their website, www back in the mainstream like the state.org and you can donate at those sites so please check it out if you are a veteran you ought to join if you uh, have a veteran that's near and dear to your heart or just veterans in general that are near and dear to your heart you ought to throw them some money because it is 
a really great organization, Veterans Helping Veterans, to go out and enjoy fishing, to get out into nature, and to do it with some really great people. Check it out. We'd love to have veterans come with us. And, uh, you know, once they come to us, we take care of everything, food, lodging, guide services. and uh, That's great. And all. Really, yeah. Really great. yeah. All right. Well, okay. hey, nice talking with you, Doc. Thank you. Give me an O. Oh. Give me a P. P. <laughs> you just said P. I did indeed. OPC yeah. is the Outdoor Podcast Channel. Good bunch of people. It is a good bunch of people, and it's a good bunch of podcasts, more importantly. Mm-hmm. And the nice thing is that, uh, just like any other podcast, this thing is automatically fed to iTunes and Stitcher and all the other good things. But it's not once a week. It's every day you get a new show. Sometimes twice a day. Yeah. I Yeah, yeah that is true. That's true. Yeah. And uh, we're, just, we're just part of this big network of outdoor-loving people. Doing things about mostly, they do mostly hunting. They do. Well, one thing I know for sure about outdoorsy folk is they like killing things. They do. Like that's all I seem. To, it seems to be. It's all about killing stuff. So you know, let, let's think about yeah. some podcasts we could add. Maybe like the uh, the fly swatting podcast. Oh, oh, other that include killing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to go the other route. Like, what outdoor shows could we have that have no killing? But I can do killing. Yeah. So, so the fly fly swatting podcast. Right, we got the uh, the the uh, the bacteria killers. Oh yeah, you know, they're just they're always just dumping uh, antibacterial stuff down the drains. Right. Then there's <laughs> celebration. Then there's death of bacteria. <laughs> then there's the sunspot podcast uh, that is populated by jerky twelve year olds with magnifying glasses burning up insects. Uh, oh yes, yeah. so like audio of ants screaming. Yeah, <laughs> it's terrible. Exactly. That, that's a good podcast. It's a really I, actually I would listen to that one. <laughs> I would subscribe subscribe to the OPC just for that. So what what other shows are on the OPC? Oh, there's like the Bow Dudes, I think is one. Yeah, good good couple of dudes. Yep. Yeah, we got uh, Big Buck Registry. Yeah, Big Buck Registry. Yeah. Is it all just guys on there? Uh, no, there is uh, Carrie Z. She does the uh, hunt fish travel, right? Right, and she's tougher than you and I combined. Oh yeah, plus another person. Like who? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, she's, yes. <laughs> she, she, yeah, double down on the Dave and Clay, and she, she went. <laughs> so, <laughs> but anyway, so if you like outdoor shows, head to outdoorpodcastchannel.com or subscribe on Facebook or Stitcher today. Hey, Dave. <laughs> hey, Clay. I went to guiding school. I'm going to be a fishing guide. Oh, cool. Yeah, and I'll tell you where I went because they're actually sponsoring a um, series we're doing called Becoming a Guide. We're doing a four-part series on how to become a fishing guide in New Hampshire, but it's information probably you can use nationally. Excellent. Anyway, so it was the New Hampshire Guide School from New Hampshire Outdoor Learning Center, nhoutdoorlearningcenter.com. Yep. And uh, they'll sponsor this bit for us. Um, 
but really great, actually. Not just because they're sponsoring it, but because I learned so much stuff. Yeah. It, it was three intensive, like, nine-hour days. <laughs> and so you'll have to – I'm not going to do three nine-hour reports. But uh, reports coming. But you want to hear some of the – first day we did mapping. Second day we learned about fish, species, and, and – uh, and about uh, the rules, and then the third day we kind of learned about you know lost person scenarios and what do you do when someone in the woods is lost. Yeah. All right. So wait, I have a question. A little bit ago, several months ago, I attended Raspberry School, yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> which was a day long event to learn about how to grow raspberries. For real? For real. That's what it was. Wow. I know. <laughs> I'm going to B-School tomorrow night, so I guess we're both nerdy about everything. Yeah. So what's ra- tell me more about this. Well, Raspberry School, first of all, I was really disappointed nobody went. <laughs> <laughs> Should have been right away. Should have been. Hi, and welcome to. <laughs> <laughs> the dear alumni of <laughs> school. Um, I, I don't do raspberries very well, but anyway, that's why, uh-uh. that's why I went to school for it. Right. And you didn't learn anything about raspberries. Instead, you were talking about some kind of little fruit with lots of seeds. Right. Exactly. And there's (laughs) a ton. There's an unbelievable amount of information about raspberries. There's like six or seven different colors, and they do different things, and they got different pests, and it's crazy. When I got done with raspberry school, I realized I never wanted to try to grow raspberries. (laughs) Too much effort. Too much effort. Yeah. You know, for like five bucks, I can eat as many as I want from the store done well and, and that's the magic of all of these things you know whether you're whether you're doing raspberries or growing your own garden yeah you're just better off buying the fruit <laughs> i know it's way way cheaper and easier yeah like my, we're looking at putting our garden together this year and i'm like you know all that effort and we can rototill and put all these seeds in or we can just join you know we have a farm stand a half block from our house yeah. we just go there <laughs> you know skip all the work i know i know it's funny yeah, but instead I'm going to be a beekeeper too. So, uh, what did you? What is the biggest thing you learned about raspberries? I mean, about. <laughs> excuse me, I didn't mean to offend all you uh, purists out there. Um, I would say the biggest thing that I learned was the difference between a raspberry and a blackberry. Ah, and, um, dare I ask? Yeah, you know, go ahead. What, what do you think? It okay. Is? Well, no, I'm going to ask you. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what I think because I immediately started thinking funny jokes that aren't funny to most people. <laughs> oh, God. That in my head are funny. And as soon as I say, I'm going to feel terrible about myself. Oh, so right. Yeah, no. Tell me about what you learned. So, so the real interesting way to tell the difference between a blackberry and a raspberry is that when you pull the berry off of the plant, mm-hmm. um, there's a little sort of little cap that holds the, the fruit onto the stem. Right, that's blackberries, right? That stays behind? The No, the raspberries stay behind. What? <laughs> you wrecked my worldview. I'm pretty sure that's right. I think you're right. So anyway, so uh, that, wow. that's all I learned in raspberry school. So that was a long way to ask you, so you've been through guide school. Do you still want to be a guide? I do, but now, like, I tell you what, if I didn't go to guide school, I would have walked into the board test. Uh, not the boring test, the board exam. You have a three-hour board. These, these three fish and game officers sit in front of you and ask you questions for three hours and make sure that you're fit to be a guide. Oh, for three hours? Well, because they don't want to give you that that patch, that guide patch, if you're going to suck at your job. Oh, well, yeah, that makes sense. Because they're they're licensing you, and they're not putting their name on your shirt if you're going to like go out and kill people or if you're going to go out and leave people behind or if not know how to read a map. So, but I would have walked into that that room, confident and cocky, and I would have made jokes and laughed, and you know, and failed. 
I would have failed, just like my boating exam. I would have walked in thinking I know stuff. When it turns out, I don't know crap. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That what I learned is I have a lot to learn. Oh well, that that was useful then. Well, no, but I learned what's important to learn. And even though I went through guide school, I think even if I took the test the day after guide school, I wouldn't pass it without some some some, some sincere effort at home. Mm, yeah. So, but I, now I know what what to expect. So, but I thought I'd ask you some questions out of the out of the test. Okay, that sounds good. And so this week, I'm going to just ask you uh, about fish identification. See if you can guess some fish species. All right, got it. No problem. Because. I know, I know. And by the way, uh, just a little bit of a, not to beat up too much on fishing game. Yeah. But I got really hung up on on one one segment in here. Hang on, I'm going through the book right here, uh-huh. trying to find the bit. But under whitefish, yeah, it says there are two species of whitefish or shad in New Hampshire. <sighs> fishing game's words. Uh, no. And there are questions in the test referring to shad and whitefish as the same animal. For shame. That is for shame. And I suppose it's they would shameful. say, you know, well, we like to be colloquial. So as your guide, you know what you're talking about. But there's actually no. a shad around. Right. That's a different fish. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't like that. And it's all over the place. And I double checked in the fishing regulation books and they mix them up all the time. And even in the regulation book. So it's not just in the class I was taking, it's fishing game messing it up. And uh, I got one thing I've worked really hard on during the test is if I know something that to be true, even though they don't, they don't agree with me, is to agree with the fishing game guys. Right. It's, it's the same rule when the cop pulls you over. Exactly. No. <laughs> no, when the cop pulls you over, you deny everything. Really? Are you, are you one of the deniers when they pull you over? A- absolutely. Because that way they know I'm going to go to court. <laughs> Sir, you were speeding. Oh, I don't think so. <laughs> Sir, I, I can see why you might have thought that, but it definitely wasn't. Yeah. No. Okay. All right. So, fish- <laughs> plausible deniability. Fish quiz. All right. Uh, easy one. When do salmon spawn? Hmm. I would say in the fall. In the fall. When do rainbow trout spawn? I would say in the spring. In the spring, although I've heard uh, both. Yeah, I know. I'm not sure so, that's a forever, but anyway, yeah. All right. Uh, when you cross a male brook trout with a female lake trout. A male brook trout with a female mm-hmm. lake trout. Yeah. Um, you get you get a um, a lobbyist <laughs> trying to start a law about no. Um, yeah, it tells you what trout bathrooms they can use. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I identify as a brook trout. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I'm, I know. I know. I'm, tra- I'm trans trout. Would, do you want your <laughs> lake trout in with a potential brook trout? I don't want my fry in the bathroom with a lake trout. <laughs> uh, there's going to be no splake in the bathroom with my with my rainbow babies. So the answer is splake. It is splake. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, thank you. <laughs> that was good. Thanks. How about uh, a brook trout and a brown trout? I don't care what sex they are. Oh, you, Although, you don't care at all. Um, no, I'm, I am fully, I am, I am uh, trout tolerant. <laughs> Just stand very nice. A brook yeah. trout and a brown trout? Yeah. Blech. I would say uh, it's a tiger trout. Grr, baby. Yeah, Arr, baby. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Um, let's see. I'll get a little bit harder for you here. Oh, open the beer. Yeah. 
What are you, what are you drinking tonight? Oh, it's the hard stuff. It's polar seltzer lime. <laughs> oh, I thought you were like, that's a can of whiskey. Because <laughs> that's the kind of manliness I am. You know, we're going to be talking about what bathrooms you can use. I'm drinking whiskey. <laughs> nope. We know what bathroom you're using. <laughs> I'll probably be sitting down. Uh, hang on let me get all right uh let's see a black crappie are best described as fish with i'm gonna give multiple choice uh Uh, a scaleless lower halves of the gill plates and the yellowish bean shaped marks on its side green sides prominently marked by yellow green areas or broken dark interconnecting lines or c body form is very deep and narrow laterally compressed and the forehead is depressed resulting in turned up snout what do you think which one is a black crap holy crap mm-hmm. those are all kind of confusing all right let me do them again uh nah um no. i would say jeez. Uh, i guess i would say c c is correct yeah, okay yeah. good <clears throat> all right a brown bullhead is also known as a a horn pout B, a catfish. C, a bronze back. Or D, both A and B. Uh, oh, uh, it's probably the both. It is the both. Yeah, very good. It is the both. Um, the fun thing about this part for me mm-hmm. was, you know, I, I'm not going to do any more tonight on this because we can go on all night. All right. uh, there's like 300 questions. Um, <laughs> is the fish part? Yeah. I knew. Right. I probably knew more than anyone else knew. Of course. You know, and there were fly guides and all kinds of fishing guides. The other thing I thought was weird about this is the test has a huge section on fly fishing. Really? Yeah. Even though I'm not going to be a fly guide, I have to know all the different flies. There's like 30 flies I have to memorize and all knots. And, and uh, there's not one question about spin casting or any other kind of fishing, except for regulations. Oh, that's wrong. Isn't that old school and weird? That sounds like an Orvis lobbyist got a hold of uh, got a hold uh-huh. of the curricula. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah, that is so, weird. Yeah, I thought that was strange. I'm like, okay, so I got to know all this. I'm looking for like the spinner bait section of the test, right? Nothing. Exactly. You know what? The rubber bait section, nothing. Huh? So how yeah. strange. Weird. And did they weird. talk about saltwater at all? Uh, they did, but not much. Hmm. Uh, with more about anadromous. Mm-hmm. And that makes sense to me with a New Hampshire guide exam. Uh, if you're guiding for fish in New Hampshire, likely you're, fi- you're guiding for freshwater fish, because, given this, where the size of the state is. That's true. You're only talking 17 miles of coastline. So No. No, but I did think it was cool that during the test, you have the guidebook, you have the, the, link, the, uh, the rule book in front of you and all that stuff, so you can just look stuff up. Wait, you mean in, during the test you can just look stuff up? Yeah. Oh, well, that's not a test on what you know. It's a test on what you can look up. Well, doesn't that make sense, too, that you're like, okay, well, let me just look it up. <laughs> and you're not going to just make crap up. Because I think they want to test your ability to guide, not your ability to, like, memorize the entire world. Oh, I see. Yeah. So, you know, as long as you're familiar and you can quickly, oh, I can look that up. Now, so, now in, during the test, is it like, like Dirty Harry was on TV tonight. Mm-hmm. And if do you remember Dirty Harry or maybe in, I think it was Dirty Harry, um, back when he, he would walk through one of those uh, obstacle courses or whatever where the, where the cutouts of the people would flip out from behind a building and he'd either shoot them or not shoot them. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have something similar in guide school? Uh, no. I, well, I'm not doing the hunting bit, so I, I wasn't paying attention to the gun stuff. Yeah, but no. But, I mean, you know, like guides, you were just saying that they're not trying to figure out what you know. It's like how you react and what kind of person you are. 
Well, they do that with the lost person scenario. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so that's where they like say, okay, so you're hiking in the woods to a remote fishing pond, and you turn around, and one of your one of your clients is missing. What do you do? Oh, see that that would be great to actually do a live action thing. Like you turn around and there's a bear, mm. you know, and a, and a bear pops out. <laughs> Ah, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. We might want to do a, a, a reenactment of these after I take the test. Oh, that would, so, that would be good. So what I'll do is I'll report back. So I'm going to report in, in upcoming weeks. I'll report a full report on the guide school. Okay. And then after I take my guiding uh, oral boards, I'll do a show right after that. And maybe we can reenact something. Oh, that, that would be good. That would be yeah, good. Yeah. Maybe I'll have you be me and I'll be the uh, examiners. Oh, and then, then you can... I can run the scenarios for you. Nice. And I can I can watch you fail. All right. That sounds good. Yeah. So, right. yeah. But, hey, it'll be cool because I'll be a guide and, and people have a chance to pay me to take them fishing. I did learn, too, something terrible about guiding <laughs> in New Hampshire. <laughs> what? Guides are not allowed to fish while they're guiding. Guides are not allowed to fish while they're guiding. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Because it's set to, let's say, rice fishing, for example, and you're in a, a lake that can have two Two ice fishing devices. Yeah. So if you're guiding and you're and you have a client, you essentially have four, but really the client is using all four devices, uh, and so they want to eliminate that type of thing, which is a little bit disappointing. It is disappointing, but it's per- it's a perfect job for you. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm not very good at fishing anyway, <laughs> but I'm great at telling people how to do exactly. it. Exactly, you're a great storyteller. You're you know you you give the impression of great anglership. Well, I'll focus on drilling extra holes, helping them set their traps, and cooking them food. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah, I'm trying to get a roadkill moose and get it made into a bunch of hamburger, and then I can just serve uh, moose burgers all winter. Or maybe I'll kill a, bur- a bear in my yard, and and I can do that. You can hunt in your own yard in New Hampshire without a license. <laughs> and I have five acres full of bears. Wow, this this is all incredible advertising for your <laughs> guide service. It's going to be great. Roadkill burgers. I killed this bear with my bare hands. Come fish in New Hampshire with with the uh, with the effing guide service. I'm going to take you effing fishing. We're going to Florida to go fishing. <laughs> Oh, whoa, help us all. Yeah. Uh, yep. Okay. Ala Florida. <laughs> all right. Well, until next time for the next guide segment, I'm looking forward to it. So that is it. Yeah, that's yeah. it. <laughs> You've kidding. For real. You, really, yeah. You've listened to a couple of nerds when you really should have been fishing. You really should have been fishing. We'd like to thank our families for supporting us while we podcast, go on fishing quests, and do all sorts of silly things that middle-aged guys do. If you would like to support the Fish Nerds, go to patreon.com and give us a dollar per episode to help us crowdfund this podcast. Uh, special thanks to the Kittery Trading Post for inviting us to Fish Fest, where we were able to talk to fishing in the mainstream. And special thanks to Scott. Yeah, Scott Jackson from NHOutdoorLearningCenter.com. And until next time, follow the code of the fish, nerd spawn early and often. Avoid free lunches with strings attached. And swim against the current every chance you get. 